Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Matthew Embry Bradshaw, the POTUS of 2020. There's been some crazy stuff going on in the news in the world. I ain't even talked about it. Everybody else is talking about it. You know, Trump's in a trial. The trial's going on, a very short trial with a lot of impartial jury members. Anyways, you know what? Today I was thinking about choice. You know, we all have a choice in everything we do. Everything. We get a choice. That is an inalienable right. For us to choose to do good, to do bad, to work hard, to not work at all, to live, to die, that's our choice. And God gave us that choice. And for those of you who aren't religious, understand that when I say God, I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But in the Hebrew, in the Word of God that I read, God just means the supreme authority. Okay? So as I talk about God, and you may not serve my God, the God. I'm not biased. I know him. I just want you to apply what I'm saying to the limitations that your God in your life represent. You understand? So like say that you don't serve my God. But the internal law inside of you says that a woman should have the right to choose. If she's raped, just throw out some easy, understandable things here. If she's raped, she did not choose that. And having that baby may disrupt her life in a way that she don't think she can ever recover from. And maybe she couldn't. And we're not the judge of that. And that's the best part of this. God said, judge not, lest you be judged, for in the manner that you judge, so shall you be judged. So as you listen to what I'm saying about what my God has said to me, let's see if that same voice resonates within the limitations that your God and the supreme authority that you answer to in your life. And let's just get beyond this thing that I'm a religious man and you don't want to listen to a religious person, even though... Jesus didn't come to make another religion. He came to give us relationship with a father. And that relationship had been broken because we choose to honor self instead of him. And we create in ourselves our own God, the God of self a lot of times. All right, so you have your choice of religion. I have my choice of religion. And here's the point that I'm wanting to get at today. God gave us choice. It is an inalienable right. Meaning that who are we to even think that we can limit a man's choice more than God himself, the supreme authority, the internal law that is within us all. We all know to murder innately is bad. 
to steal, to take something that isn't yours, innately is bad. Now, some people might argue some philosophy on what's yours and what's mine. Who says it's yours? But we know that when we take something that we know that doesn't belong with us, there's no religion that has to tell us that we shouldn't do that. There's no religion that has to tell us that sleeping with another man's spouse or wife or husband, however, is nothing that should ever be done. And it is adultery. It is fornication within marriage. We know that. We don't have to have a government tell us that. We don't have to have a church tell us that. You don't have to have me tell you that. So what I'm getting at is when it comes to choice in God's law and what he's laid out for us all, you know, because when we're talking about inalienable rights in the Constitution, we are talking about them from the basis that those inalienable rights are ours because there is a supreme authority There is a God, and he says that this is what is right. And so that law is placed within our hearts so that we have no excuse. When we violate it, we know we violate it. We sin against our own internal law, which is the supreme authority, God of the universe and everything's law. But we still have the choice to do it. And even he didn't say, I'm going to take away their choice. Matter of fact, he started out in the very beginning. The word of God, it says that Adam and Eve had everything that they needed. Everything. They didn't even have to work for it. God just, everything watered from the ground like a misty fog and just watered everything. Oh, shit. I'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm back. I just had a visitor at the house that I didn't expect. Somebody pulled up and was coming up to the door. His name was John. His son was named Josiah. Hope you guys listen to this. It was good to meet you guys. Today we're talking about choice. And where we left off was in the Garden of Eden. And I was saying that God just left them with everything that they needed in life. They had each other. They had a partner. They had a friend. They didn't even have to worry about... I got to go to work today so that I can bring home some bread. No. All he left them was with everything and the freedom of choice. And from my personal standpoint, the supreme authority, the creator of us all, whether you look at us as an experiment of making humanity and just giving them choice or you think of us as alien plants or however in your mind your supreme authority gives us choice I can't think of any religion any teaching any idea any conspiracy theory that ultimately doesn't give all of humanity choice Now, I say that choice comes from Yahweh, the God of the Bible, the God of everything. And he loves us all so much that he gave us choice. So if he, the supreme being, 
omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing, gave us choice. He saw fit to give us choice. Who are we to think that we are ever going to be wiser in any situation than to restrict the choices that God himself did not restrict us to? ludicrous absolutely ludicrous and then let's go deeper because we have the right to believe whatever we're and why do we have this right because when it comes to these core laws When you violate them on any level, whether your God is the highest God that is God, the one who created this design that is beautiful and around us, that we can see that there's a design in everything. And if there's a design, there's a designer. So whatever you attribute that to, These laws violate the balance of that design and that creation. So, whether your God is the God that I say, or your God is the lowest God of them all, but really the highest in most people's lives of self. That's what makes somebody selfish. That's what makes people speak self-righteously it's when when you hear people like that you can tell that that person honors self above all but a lot of times when people have to exalt self it's because there is an oppression over them that they can't stand so everywhere that that oppression isn't they exalt themselves to kind of balance the power or the perceived power. And then that makes a society that's selfish. So, let's answer, let's just discuss these choices and see if we can all come into an agreement that the supreme authority within us all agrees with these things. Whatever your God is in your life, put it first. That's just God saying, be true to the supreme authority in your life. Don't be a compromiser. Now, he's more, in my belief, to be clear, so people don't misunderstand me. He's saying that make sure that the real supreme authority is the supreme authority in your life. Double check yourself. Because you're going to think you serve, and you're going to willfully and truthfully and honorably serve the God that you choose. So you will be honoring this in a way, except the fact that that God is not the same God of this. So he's just trying to say, hey, everybody out there who is trying to figure out who the supreme authority is, make sure you get it right and then have no other gods above that supreme authority, me. Because he's given us, the supreme authority is giving us this instruction and Everyone, I think, if you sit back for a second and you just listen to that, you'll say, yeah, that makes sense. Whatever the supreme authority is, even those who people are like, I don't know what there is. 
Think about it. If you come to the conclusion that, yeah, there's something, but I don't know what it is, wouldn't it be fair of that supreme authority telling you, hey, make sure you get it right? Because ultimately, I love you, and I don't want to be separated from you for eternity. And then he's saying, God should be first in your life. Make all the decisions based upon that authority in your life. Make sure it's the right one. And then, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The supreme authority. Alright, now a lot of people, uh, those are just religious ones. I get what you're saying. But think about it. What is your supreme authority? Then never take that in vain, okay? It's very important, but there's so much blasphemy in this nation and in the world. It it blows my mind when I hear the things I hear. A guy was trying to get me to work with him the other day. And literally every other word was GD, the GD, the GD, the GD, 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 every other word, man. I'm telling you, like, I had to, like, it was almost like beep, beep, Morse code in between it, you know, because it was like, I'm just trying to hear the content, but there was so much blasphemy coming from his mouth. And there's a deeper reason for that. But you know what? He has the freedom of choice. And I didn't tell him, hey, man, can you... Stop that. Because I'm not his judge. He's not accountable to me for what I perceive as blasphemy. You understand? So who am I to place a judgment or a restriction on him for exercising his freedom of speech and his way to choose to speak? And that's what we're talking about here, guys. The freedoms of choice. And y'all will always have me coming at it from the standpoint of a man who fears and knows God. Let's get to the next one. Number four, the Sabbath for our worship and for rest. That's the way I remember it. God said, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. He said, work six days and rest one. And on that day, do no servile work for any man. Why? Why would God say that? Does that mean you got to close your business down? Some people do. I mean, I don't see why, personally, as a human being, that God would have anything problem with what I've read in the Word of God if I just had crew that worked on those days and I just made sure everybody had at least one day off. See, here's the thing with that. In our society, even if you have a day off, two days off, most of the time you're not getting to rest. Most people are hustling on the off days, trying to make ends meet, trying to do side stuff. You want to lower crime and the choices that are made to do crime in our country? Eradicate poverty. The Bible says that poverty 
is the destruction of the poor. So what we got to do is leadership and what I will do is I will advocate for your choice to live in poverty or not. Because, you know, everybody who's heard of Andrew Yang, I'm going to give him some props right here. UBI, Freedom Dividend, whatever he's calling it. I think it's a great idea. Honestly, though, I don't like the way he's executing it, though. I just don't like the way he's executing it. You know, because let's say you're going to throw somebody, you're trying to get people out of poverty, right? So you throw somebody a thousand bucks. But is it, first of all, is that enough to keep someone out of poverty? A thousand bucks a month. No. I mean, where can you find housing, a food supply, water supply, sewer supply, electric power, comfortable heat and cool for a thousand bucks a month in America? All that. Plus, whatever you got to pay for your... I mean, no, you're, trying to, you're not talking about people who can afford these things, guys. If you're like, well, you just need to get a better job. No, people can't. It's what you don't understand. And maybe you need to hear. Because we've created a society that keeps people at the bottom as mules... Barely getting by with their mouths muzzled as they tread out the corn. Paid starvation wages. Having to live in housing that is ultimately jail that you can just walk around in society. But you're stuck there. No matter what your ambitions are. No matter what your dreams are. No matter what you aspire to be. Because of the limitations upon the society put forth the choice that says you can no longer choose to rise. So now you're stuck with a whole nother limitation on what your freedom of choice is. And then you take the overreach of government that tries to take away your choices that try to help you become who you want to be. Reach the goals you have. And then this government takes that choice away and says you have to choose what we say you have to choose. Take all these pills that will destroy your body internally. Take these drugs that will open you up to the depths of addiction that will destroy your life and cause you to choose everything that you would never choose before because its power is so strong that even the natural love inside of you for those who are yours to love is silenced by that draw.
that the system says this is how you'll cope. That is not what I want in this nation. I will fight for your liberty and for your freedom to choose your life, your pursuit of liberty and happiness. And I will do my absolute most as president of these United States to ensure that every citizen of every state has the same liberties of every citizen in every other state. And you will have the right to choose Go to this number fifth law. Honor your father and mother. A lot of people don't even know who their father is. A lot of people don't have fathers and mothers. So how you gonna bring honor? There's that innateness inside of you. That's how you bring honor if you don't have parents. You bring honor to that law inside of you that says do what is right. All men are created equal. And do what's right. Live justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly before God. That's how you bring honor to anybody. Show love and compassion. Choose love and compassion. If you do have parents and you come into a situation to where you realize that your parents are wrong, say your parents are super racist. Love your parents, honor your parents, don't follow their example. Because by doing that, you're placing them as the supreme authority in your life and violating the internal authority that says their opinion and way of doing things is wrong. And see there, you violate the first two commandments. You're violating that authority within you that knows to hate somebody because of the color of their skin. just doesn't make any sense. Because when it comes down to it, we're both in a car wreck. Either one of us, if we got the same type of blood, can save each other's life. Because the word of God says, the supreme authority says, that we are all one blood. We are his creation. And it amazes me, he says life is in the blood. That's what he said. Life is in the blood. I can guarantee you this. That same life flows no matter what color you are. And that same life can give life to someone else no matter what color it comes from.
Number six, don't get your kicks by killing one another. Thou shalt not commit murder. A lot of people say thou shalt not kill. You go back and you look at that word in the Hebrew, and it's talking about killing the innocent. You understand that? That's where God draws the line. You shall not kill the innocent. But sometimes, as God has put forth in his law, it is just if the desire of those who have the right to choose the outcome in certain circumstances... Say that ten times fast. If they choose that that is the just decision, then there are times when it is life for life. But God also says to love mercy. And this is to get into a uh, criminal justice issue here. If somebody killed somebody and they're only surviving relative is their mama or their grandmama or their uncle and they lost this person due to this other person but for some reason in their heart they have compassion and they don't want that person to have to pay for that crime and they are forgiving and have the right to be the one to forgive them In the New Testament it says, if you forgive them, they are forgiven. So who do we have the right to say, well, this person who's been violated must have justice put against them when they're saying, I say no. I am the one who's been violated and I say mercy. Don't put that boy in jail. Don't put him on death row. Don't put that girl in jail. Don't put her on death row. I say mercy. Who are we? To stand against the supreme authority that says, no, forgiveness, you are forgiven, now you are innocent. Because the offended has said so. Now, if there's nobody to stand for the offended, then we have a whole different set of rules and considerations. But still, it's love mercy. But we don't put to death the innocent. I know in war that there is sometimes as they term it collateral damage. But as we all saw very recently how accurate our military can take out their target by way of Soleimani. If we can do that which we've just shown we can, then that's how we need to fight war. And that's the choice that we should make. To preserve by choice because we can the innocent. Because anything else is to choose to murder.
So, those are hard decisions when it comes to a worldwide scale. Freedom of choice. What, who is the, when it comes to these commandments, these laws that are in all of us, we know it's wrong to just kill somebody. Come on, we know that. You don't need the list. But what I'm getting at, what this whole episode is about, is your choice to do these things. You have the choice to murder somebody. And then the same lawgiver that gave these laws says, you know what? If you murder somebody, life for life. Then we got to ask, what is murder? Who was the intent? What was the motive? See, you cannot intentionally kill the innocent. You just can't. If you do, I mean, you can. You can choose that. But if you do, then there's a consequence to that. Whether society has a consequence to it or not. Whether laws were put in place by a government or not. I guarantee you, well-known murderers are not just going to walk around the street any more than they do right now. Think about it. People who are serial killers do so by nature over and over again, quietly. People who do things with guns and shootings do things loudly. They, and they do it now. There are so many deaths in this country from gun violence. And I'm for your right to have your guns. And some of you all are born into a place where your gun keeps you breathing, whether you pull the trigger or not. We need to change. We need to eradicate poverty. We need to lift up the poor because we can. The Bible commands to do it. The word of the Almighty says that you are to take care of those who are in hard times who can't afford to take care of themselves. And this is literally our responsibility. People want to talk about reparations. How about reparations to the entire bottom of of American society who's been placed under the thumb of of huge corporations and special interest groups and the top 1%. Because they can. Most of you would do the same thing. I would not. Lord willing, I will never make a decision like that. Ever. I haven't and I won't. And I believe that to my core. I believe that there is nothing that can corrupt me. Many have tried. And the Holy Spirit gives me strength. So I make it through. 
But we have got to start fighting for the poor. We have got to choose. The Bible says if you have someone asks you to do something and you have it within your power to do it, then you do it. And what business do we have allowing people to starve and freeze to death when we're saying you hold huge corporations, we're just going to pretend like you didn't make that money on the backs of our people by doing business with our people and you're just going to walk away without paying our country taxes. I don't think so. What are we doing giving them tax cuts to those that are in this top elite truly that's socialism for the rich people we are living in a mirage that they create through the media they have taken away our choice by getting us to choose to be less free abortion is it murder The short answer and the most pure balance of this is ultimately yes. Now, let me bring balance to my answer. Everybody says that, let's just go with what I believe straight up and then we'll talk about how that balances with what everybody says. When we choose to stop or to reject, the Bible says that every child is a gift from God. Now remember, all those out there who believe in the Word of God, you also have to remember that Satan tries to do things to kill people who have calls on their life. To disrupt their life. So there's a big issue there. But all children are a gift from God. But sometimes there are some big issues with pregnancy. That cause there to be a reason that a woman would choose to end it. And all you men out there need to sit down and shut up because you've never been faced with this choice. So you have nothing to say about it. Now I believe that I represent the balance on the cir- on the situation and the circumstances. So I'm going to voice it. Because I'm telling you right now, as much as it would break my heart and I would love 
And I can't wait today, the day that I am a grandfather. But let's say that my daughter is old enough to drive at this point. And let's say that somebody rapes her. Because I haven't seen her for a while since her mom took her. They took her. I don't know where they're at. I don't know where they're at. And I can't communicate with them. They won't let me. Long story. I'll do a whole podcast on it one day about my children. But if I found out my daughter was raped and she came to me and she said, Daddy, I don't want this baby. Will you go with me? I would tell her, baby, I will support anything that you want to choose to do as long as you let me tell you how I feel about it first. Just hear me out first. You know, when my daughter was 12, maybe 11, she decided to be a lesbian. It's really... odd thing to have to do at, you know, because at this time in your life in this day and age, you know, I'd already had the regular sex talk with her so now I had to have the lesbian sex talk with her and tell her, you know, that just don't do those things right now you don't need to be doing those things right now, that's not what relationships are for but I told her, you know, what the Bible says about homosexuality and I told her that I love her no matter what Because I do. Because I'm not her judge. It's just my responsibility. It's anybody's responsibility. Just think about this from a non-religious standpoint. Because I know a lot of people, they're going to be like, man, this guy just talks religion all the time. And really, I'm not. I'm talking principle. I'm just letting you know without compromising where I stand, where I'm coming from. But I'm just talking about the principle of choice here. As much as I wouldn't want my daughter to choose that, She has the right to choose to give her life for that. Because that is what it is. When you choose to have a baby, you're giving that aspect of your life, that time, your body's condition, good or bad, that bond that's eternal, you are that's a life choice you know and people want to talk about when life begins well i mean the egg is is alive it's not dead the sperm is alive it's wiggling around it has life in it it has purpose it has drive But regardless about where you believe that life begins and whether or not it's murder or not, whether you don't believe it is or not, the point is every human being who God created has the right, the inalienable right to choose their life and their outcome. And the Bible says that the law is for the unrighteous. So when you do what isn't right, such as murder somebody, which I'm telling you, 
The Bible says if you look upon your brother with hate in your heart. So how many people out you who go to, out there go to church and serve the same God I do have somebody in your heart that you hate? God said that's murder. He also said that judgment starts at the house of God. So all you people who are pointing your finger at these people who have to choose to end a potential life, there's no guarantee it's even going to make it out. Every baby, there's no guarantee. But they have to choose to take that life to preserve their own or preserve something about their life. You're not their judge. And God gave them the choice. Now, there is a balance to this that, and you can hear this on one of my other video um, podcasts about taxes, where I don't want to pay taxes that support non-medically necessary abortions. I personally don't want to support that in my taxes. I don't want my federal government collecting money from people who have a religious principle and belief and stance against abortion at all. I don't think you should have to fund a non-medical non-medically necessary abortion. Now at the same time think about mental health here. You force a young child who's got impregnated by being molested you force her to have that baby you're taking away her choice and you're damaging her potentially a lot of children who go through this have issues mentally. And their mental health and their mental wellness is fractured or destroyed in some cases. And they may or may not ever recover. Because we decide that we want to have some laws that says you can't do this, you can't choose this. people. It's not our right. It's not the government's right to tell someone else that they can't make a choice for themselves. And there's a qualification in the Word of God that, you know, Adam, think about this for a minute. Adam was a fully formed human being. God formed him from the clay. But he was a 100% grown man. He didn't start as a sperm. He didn't start as an egg. His organs did not develop in a womb. God formed him outside of the womb as a grown, aged man. Then he gave him choice. That's all God said. He said, eat, drink, be merry. Don't do this. Don't do this one thing. Don't do this one thing. (laughs) That's it. He didn't say, hey, if Eve... He did say, uh, be fruitful and multiply. 
And see, at that point, there was no sin, so there was no curses that go down generational to generational. There was no sorcery where men begin to take artificial synthetic things and feed it to people, and then that has negative effects on people's bodies that are akin to curses. Because people have chose that people without money don't need real stuff. It's cheaper to give them synthetic foods. Fake cheese. Imitation everything. And we've allowed food deserts and malnutrition to run rampant in America. Because we choose to. I don't choose that, but the people who are in power have chose to turn their backs on you and me. It's unbelievable. That is a hatred. That is murder. And they, you who hold that hatred in your heart, are guilty of the same murder as somebody who says, I have to choose self over this life within me. I'm choosing my life over this life and I'm going to terminate it now so that it doesn't affect either one of us the way the future would, which is an unknown, might be scary. Whatever their motivation is, quit judging them. You're not the judge. Everyone who makes a choice to sin in any way, which is to violate these laws that are right, has to answer to it. Thank God we have a forgiver. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, all of those who are who have a stance against murder of an unborn life get off the your high horse. Come down from where the judge sits because it ain't your seat. Put on what God said, some eyes of compassion, a heart of love. You know, if this society wasn't so corrupt and if the people who say that they are followers of Jesus Christ and of God, if they would do what was right in this society and stand up for what is right and not selfish, most of the time people would make these choices to keep these children. But the fact is that women, when they get pregnant, they might lose a job over it. It might destroy their opportunity to do anything. And those are considerations that they have to make and you men don't. And I'm not saying that it's the right decision, that any selfish decision that is made to exalt what you want over what is happening to you. I'm not saying that they're all right, but what I am saying is that I'm not the judge and you're not the judge. And if someone says, hey, I'm going to hold that sin upon myself, that sin is on me, not on you. So let me make that choice to sin. I go and I say, well, what did God do in this situation? He told me not to judge him, that he's the judge. And then he gave Adam and Eve the right to sin. 
to choose the thing that God says don't and warns against. But he still gave him the choice to do it. And a lot of people take that just to jump into that little story real quick about God giving them that choice. It wasn't don't eat of this tree or I'm going to kill you. That ain't what it is. That ain't what he said. He said if you eat of the tree, the fruit of the tree of not of the knowledge of good and evil. See, before that, they didn't have an understanding of this is wrong, this is wrong, because there was nothing to be wrong about. They were each other's. They weren't going to steal from each other. There wasn't the need to steal because there was no poverty in the Garden of Eden. So there was no need to steal, which the Bible says, who can blame a man who steals a loaf of bread to feed his family? It says, but if he's caught, he'll pay back seven times. That's the limitation on what you can charge a thief. So if somebody steals a car... He's on the hook for seven cars that he's got to pay back. It doesn't say you enslave him and throw him in a jail for larceny. It says you're on the hook for seven cars. (laughs) I mean, basically. But we're talking about choice here. And God gave him the choice. He said, don't eat of this tree. This tree, as soon as you do, as soon as you make the choice which they didn't understand this at the time. That's why he just said, don't do it. As soon as you make the choice, you are going to know the difference between good and evil because of the choice of disobedience instead of obedience. There wasn't anything mystical about the tree. It's just like when a child learns that it can disobey. It learns, hey, I'm doing this in protest. And then a child learns where you draw the line of discipline. And then it learns where I can't do this. I cannot protest past this point. We learn. We have the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the Bible is very clear that to God a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. And it was within a thousand years that Adam died. And because we have the knowledge of good and evil, we can choose to murder. We can choose to take life. And with all the technology we have, now we really have Incentives to choose to not continue pregnancies. Where back in the day, somebody have uh, an ectopic pregnancy, or if I'm saying that right, where the fetus is attached in the tube and they've got all this pain, they don't know what's going on, they can't get an MRI. What did they do? They lived or died. Maybe there were some people that knew, oh, this one, this type of pain in a pregnancy this early on probably means this. You, it's going to kill you. Women die from this. Drink this. And you won't have the baby, but it will make it release it or something. You know, there, maybe there was something like that. 
And they, if there was, and those people exercised their right to choose, I mean, come on. Then you have the whole argument of Adam being a full-grown man, and it didn't say that he was a living soul until God breathed the breath of life into him. That's why when a baby comes out, even though it's got an umbilical cord and everything hooked up, that thing, you need to get it breathing. That's when everybody sighs a sigh of relief because life has entered in and created a living soul. The breath of life. God's breath. It says God breathed life. That breath that we breathe, the oxygen in the air. The spirit of God is what keeps us alive. As we breathe that breath. You have the right to choose. And I do think that as a nation, we should support that right to choose, understanding that when we take taxes to ensure that people, not just, not people, women, don't die. Because they're trying to choose a life that is their pursuit of liberty and happiness. Based on whatever their decisions are. And their motivation is. Whether you believe that it is ultimately within yourself a sin of murder, taking that life. Loving your life over that life which I understand and this is not my opinion but whether you agree with it that it is the sin of murder spiritually just as holding hate in your heart towards anybody is so get off your high horse if that applies to you and repent that's the great thing God said that the only Sin that isn't forgivable is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? That's not abortion. And the Bible says that if you're a sinner guilty of one part of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. So all of you else out there who are sinning in any other way, but you have a firm stance against abortion, take a step back for a second and humble yourself and realize that if you violate the law in one way, you've also violated it in the same way that someone who violates it in the way of murder. So much so that you don't even have to stab or kill or shoot or take a pill to do it. All you have to do is hate somebody else's life to be guilty of it. So let's bring some balance to how God looks at the situation. And then maybe you can understand why he was willing to forgive it. Because his mercy is new every morning. Every single morning. You sin today, guess what? His mercy is new tomorrow. So let's jump down from our judgment of why someone shouldn't have the right to choose. And let's try to get some love in our hearts. Let's try to eradicate the hate. And then see how much murder decreases in America.
My name is Matthew Embry Bradshaw. Today I'm talking about the freedom of choice. Right now we're on innate laws that are internal to us. We just talked about murder. Number seven, life is heaven when you're true to your mate. Don't commit adultery. Everybody knows what that is. The ramifications of it are obvious. We don't need to go over it. There's not really a whole lot of political stuff in that. However, I'm not against something that says we will protect the party who didn't commit adultery when it comes to consideration of how the suit lays out. And number eight, don't... No, I can't remember number eight. Number nine, don't be the kind that goes around telling thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, is what it says. So there we have laws of perjury that support that. But everything else shouldn't be legislated against. If you're bearing false witness and testimony, and we find out about it, then the judgment, something needs to be done. Because you just tried to put some other judgment on somebody else. Maybe whatever judge, maybe that's fair. That sounds balanced. If you're caught perjuring somebody, the judgment that you were perjuring them to have gained upon them will then be placed upon you. Sounds fair to me. If you're going to lie about somebody, whatever penalty they pay, now you pay. So that can go down all to the smallest of anything. You know, you say, hey, this guy assaulted me and he goes spend three months in jail and it turns out that he didn't or vice versa, women and men, doesn't matter how you look at it, then you just go spend three months in jail too. Or you can like tally up how much it cost him and say you can just pay him back for it. Give him some reparations for what you stole from him. Or maybe since you're caught stealing it, you got to pay seven times. And then it's over. How do you How do you enact that? I don't know. But those are just some thoughts on that. Number eight, I think, is thou shalt not steal. Duh. We know that. That's what I'm getting at. So when you steal, you got to pay back seven times if we catch you. If it's a loaf of bread to feed your family. I think that that also gives you the maximum profit guidelines that you could expect. Like that guy, the baker invested X amount and that bread represented seven times what he invested so he could have taken that bread invested in an X amount and made seven times you see that that bread equaled seven times what he did so he could multiply by seven so you have to multiply by seven as well that's how I look at it so what I'm getting at is if you are at the bottom line of production and you are the producer itself then it seems to me that fair profit is seven times 700% in some cases in those cases, at least. And it says, number 10, don't covet your neighbor's house or wife. Be as content as you can be. You know, Paul said that he'd been a lot of things. He'd been in prison. He'd been beaten. He'd been hungry, cold, wet, dry. Abounded and not. But he said he's learned to be content in all things. And if we can just learn to quit trying to keep up with the Joneses and trying to quit and and try to break away from what the society says our life should be looking like to the tune of thousands of dollars for a pair of sneakers, 
And then everyone who can't, I mean, you've got, I think it's Kyle's Kicks, I think was his name I saw the other day. He was a kid who was bullied because he didn't have good shoes. I remember when I was a kid, man, my dad wasn't buying the expensive clothes. He was buying clothes that worked. They was fine clothes, but they weren't name brand clothes. So I know about being bullied because of that. But I mean, it's ridiculous. Why? Why do we have to have such inequality in America? Why do we have to keep, why do we have to allow the current legislators who are legislating laws that oppress our right to vote? Why are we standing back and not standing up and saying you will not inhibit democracy from hearing my voice? You will not say that I cannot vote for who I want to vote for. We have got to bring balance to America, folks. And I hope that me going over this freedom of choice and basing it upon the Ten Commandments, which I believe are the internal laws that God has put in us, that He speaks of in His Word, that we have they're in us and we have no excuse. We know it's wrong. And this is how I feel about things, and I hope I brought some balance to a couple issues that if anybody wants me to talk about in more depth, I'll be happy to. I love you all. I love America. Thank you for tuning in. This is Matthew Embry Bradshaw's podcast using the Anchor app, which so far, I love it so far. I'm telling you guys, please go download it because then I can invite you in and we can do a recording no matter where you're at. Download the Anchor app, A-N-C-H-O-R. And then you can jump on my podcast with me. I'm going to be doing these um, podcasts called Your Opinion. Segments called Your Opinion. And I want people to call in and I want you to tell me a topic that's important to you. And I want your opinion on that topic. And then I'll give you some feedback. And then I'm going to ask you a question or two and ask your opinion on it. So please, guys, tune in some more. Share this around. Let's get this up and going, man. I'm standing for you. I am your voice. I am the POTUS of 2020. Visit me at thepotusof2020.com. If you've got website skills, call me and help me make it better. I'm glad y'all tuned in. This one was about your freedom to choose. And I want to push forth a freedom of choice amendment in this country. POTUS out.